Listener Production. Hi, the person you have called is not available. Please leave a short 10-second message after the tone for... The Howie Games Hotline. Uh, Welcome along. Howie Games Hotline version 3. All the show note details have got the phone number where you can send us your questions through and get on the show. Thank you to everyone that has been blowing up the phone the last couple of weeks. It fills me with joy when we get messages from all around Australia, all around the world with people that want to get involved and the main man, producer extraordinaire, (laughs) and now on-air talent, Darcy. Hello, Guru. How are you, mate? Excellent. Uh, Let's get straight into it. We've had a lot of questions. We will endeavour to get through as many as we can. Let's roll for about half an hour and hopefully people don't fall asleep on their couch at home. See how it goes. G'day, Howie. Lockie from Torquay here. I can vividly remember my favourite moment from the podcast was in the Jared Lyle episode um, when he was talking about his wife uh, giving birth to their daughter and then him uh, rushing off to get treatment. Mm. Uh, I just found out my wife was pregnant for the first time. I was driving up the freeway from Geelong to Melbourne and was absolutely bawling my eyes out. Mm. Uh, Just wanted to find out what the most uh, emotional moment you've had on the podcast is. Cheers, mate. Enjoy your work. Thanks, Lockie, and good luck with the little one coming along. Always uh, puts a smile on people's faces. Yeah, the Jared Lyle one, Jared's obviously passed away now is really emotional when you can go back and listen to it. But I'm glad you asked that question and well done to getting it away. First ask, I listened to Dean Jones during the week. Obviously, Dino passed away. He came on the show really, really early and I went back and sat and listened to it and it made me laugh uh, because he was such a wonderful, wonderful character. And I spoke about it in the Wazim Makram episode that he'd always come up to me. You'd see Dino. He's like, mate, how's the podcast going? Because he'd want to help. Do you need help getting guests? And then he'd always say, Dino would always say, how are my downloads going? So he wanted to know how his episode was going. So it made me laugh. But Lockie, to be honest, I got pretty emotional listening to that because he was at 59, far too young, and he's one of those people that was an extraordinary individual. And to grow up idolising a bloke like Dino and then have him text you during the cricket, during commentary about why don't you ask this or why don't you do that or you'd see him and he asked you about the podcast to almost consider that you knew him when you grew up idolising him. Um was really, really special for me and for Dean and his family. It's just a really, really sad thing that Dean's no longer with us. But, yeah, Lockie, to to, to summarise, mate, it made me pretty emotional listening to it. Great question, Lockie. This one's from Roscoe. Okay, Howie. It's your old mate, Ross, listening from Kilmore. Uh, I love the sports, but I'm also a huge nerd. Have you thought about looking at esports people? Not really a sport per se, but... Uh, they do perform at a very high level. And if you look at an Australian guy, Chad Birchall has risen to the top of the ranks um, in recent years. So it could be worth looking at. Cheers. Howie, you big gamer. <laughs> Grab your headset. <laughs> Grab your controller. Hey, it's a really good question. Um, your man, Chad Birchall, a.k.a. Sponge. Oh, you do there know you go. There you go. got to know a lot, a lot about a lot in this caper. I was actually asked five years ago when they were setting up a big operation at Rod Laver to do a gaming tournament and they said, do you want to commentate on it? And I looked into it and I thought, uh, I didn't know enough about the likes of Sponge to get too far involved. So it's a good question. I will investigate it. And if enough people say they want to hear about gaming, we'll get into it. But at this stage, gee, I'd need to increase my research levels, brother. It's a big thing though. And it's the sport of the future. You know, AFL clubs are bought into it. A lot of people are really interested into it. Mm. Hey, Howie, Thomas here. Have you ever thought to get other inspirational people from different walks of life on your podcast? Clearly, your positive nature and amazing preparation for interviews would lend itself to talking to people outside of sport. 
One caveat, you must ask those guests their favourite sports story and what is their go-to sport to watch. Cheers. I've thought about this. I've thought about this because I think the interview process, it doesn't matter whether it's an athlete or a politician or a musician or an actor, I think it's the same interview process. Mm. So it's whether it would dilute the audience too much and people would think, yeah, we're coming to the Howie Games to listen to sport. But I've had various people along the way that I've thought would be good in that space. A bloke that's not into sport that I think would fit the bill is your man, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Yeah. I just think... To talk to an actor who is involved in sport, he's now bought the XFL, a ballers, a very sporting type show. I'm not sure how we can. What do you love? You don't think oh, we can get him What's off? my man, The Rock? Stop <laughs> trying to push this on me. You're I the love, one that comes in every <laughs> weekend saying, let's get to it, The Rock. Well, on. I'm, I'm trying, I'm right. trying. I love The Rock. So I think there is an opportunity there. I'd love to have actors on to talk about how they train. We spoke about trying to get Russell Crowe on to talk about how you prepare for Cinderella Man. So, yes. Absolutely, I've thought about it. Yes, absolutely, I could think it would work. It's just whether the audience would think we're coming here for one thing and we're getting another. So I'll think about it, but I tell you, if our man The Rock rings the Howie hotline and says he wants to be on to us, he's on. on. Don't worry about that. G'day, Howie. Jack here. I'm a 16-year-old from Canberra and I aspire to become a sports commentator like yourself. Uh, I was just wondering what the day in a sports commentator's life looks like. Uh, and does that differ vastly from, say, uh, a day at the test cricket versus a day at the footy or a T20 match? And ju- just as well as that, um, does it take any of the enjoyment out of it? Can you enjoy it just as much as, say, the bloke sitting just outside the commentary box having a beer? Thanks, heaps, Howie. Keep up the awesome work. Thanks, Jack. Great two-part question. I'll answer the second part first. My word, you can enjoy it. I've been to a million boxing days and sat in the crowd and been the bloke having a beer and potentially a second beer or maybe even a third beer, but to sit at the Boxing Day test match between Shane Warne and Kerry O'Keefe and get to listen to them and add a little bit of commentary, I think, Jack, it's actually even more fun. Mm. So my word, I haven't been to many sporting events recently that I haven't worked at. I've been to the footy a couple of times with the kids and that is great fun, seeing the Mighty Hawks in action. But I think generally I enjoy it just as much when I'm commentating The first part of that question about a typical day, well, mate, where do you start? A test match, if it's a 10.30 start, you're there at about quarter past seven, uh, hair and makeup, which goes for about 35 seconds for me, Darce, and then, (laughs) but we have a production meeting. That's probably the main bit, Jack, where you just sit back and listen to what Shane thinks is going to be the way the day pans out or what Gilly thinks or what Mike Hussey thinks, and you listen to those guys and then you try and bring that narrative to the whole show. Then you do a bit of a rehearsal and then bang, you're on air. But for me, Jack, the most fun of a test match day is a test match is probably seven, eight, or on Fox, it's probably eight hours on air. But the funnest part of it, Das, is you probably only commentate 40 minutes every two hours in a session and then you just go back into the breakout room and you just sit there and watch the cricket and you listen to these legends of the game dissect it and then they're being a lot more direct than they would be in commentary. So if someone's doing something, so you sit there and you have your chicken schnitzel burger and listen to Mark Wall talk about how he thinks Marnus Labuschagne's going, Jack, that's probably my favourite part of the day. I've just got a question on top of that, Howie. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's the executive producer of the broadcast itself and he or she probably also has input into how they think the day is going to unfold and and the state of play. But you're saying these special comments guys actually provide 
you as a team with their input as to how the thing's going to go and how they think it should run throughout the day. Yeah, they'll they'll provide a general direction of where they think things are going to go. And obviously it goes in all sorts of directions. But to give you an example, they're going to talk about in the first segment the fact that Paddy Cummins, or Mitchell Stark's a perfect example, has rediscovered his in-swinger. So I'm listening to that because then if I've got an interview with Mitchell Stark in the lead-up, I need to be asking him about the fact that he sort of rediscovered his in-swinger and he can then back up what they're saying or he can say, no, no, that's not actually the case. So you do follow a theme, but quickly in live sport it all goes out the window, but you need a general direction to head in. Do you still get nervous? No, not so much. No? Not so much. Occasionally. G'day, Howie. It's Jason from Newcastle here, mate. Is there anyone, Howie, that you, he or she that you thought, wow, you know, I had this preconceived idea in my head of how he or she was going to be, and there's totally nothing like that. Anyone come to mind? Thanks, mate. Peace and love. Peace and love to you as well, Jase. It's funny, Jase, when you think back over 108, I'm racking my brain. Of recent times, the scud, Mark Philippoussis. Oh, he was great. I'd never met the scud before, and I tried for a while to get a direct contact for him, couldn't get it, and in the end, just the old loose direct message on Insta went out, and within 10 minutes, the scud's like, Yep, yep. Uh, what's it about? And I explained it to him. So I think a lot of Australia, probably like me, I, I fell victim to it. You saw him on court and uh, you saw that he was a little bit cool with the media at times. And I thought, gee, this could be a bit of a struggle, mate. He is an absolute cracker. Couldn't get enough of him. Really warm, really engaging, really friendly, vivacious fella that had a completely different persona to what probably thought when he was playing sport. You, you know, the scud now, without being silly, he'll text me, asking me what the surf report is down the coast and stuff. <laughs> like, he is the world's friendliest bloke. So of recent times, Jace, he's probably been the one where I've gone in thinking, gee, I'm going to have to be on my toes here. And after five minutes, thought, oh, this bloke's a star. He's the world's friendliest dude and we're flying here. Thanks for getting in touch, Jace. Uh, of course, we've got people messaging in with their requests on who you should interview. Yes. Next, so I've put a couple of the best ones together. Okay. Yeah, we Damien from the period here, mate. Any chance of getting Brent Harvey or uh, Glenn Archer on? Cheers, mate. Bye. Bob McTavish, the old surfboard builders from the 70s. I think they'd have to have some really interesting stories to tell how they shaped the sport of surfing. I'd love to hear you interview 2019 world champion Matt Hall. I reckon that'd be a cracker interview. So, how's Daddy from um, Dorian and Victoria? Um, some long bowls, actually, mate, like uh, Alex Johnston. Uh, Barry Lester, Jonathan Kirko, yeah, a bit of the lawn bowl. It's very popular sport. G'day, Howie. Roger here. Um, I'd love to hear Adam Goods on the Howie Games. I think that'd be a terrific episode. And also, I think Patrick Dangerfield has got some interesting things to say, so he'd be a good one, too. Um, my name's Peter Dinell. I'm calling from Sydney. Just want to see if you can get a guy called Alex McKinnon on your show. Um, Alex played NRL for St George and Newcastle Knights in 2014 was playing in Melbourne and got hit with a really bad tackle and ended up in a wheelchair. Cheers, mate. If I could recommend a few guests that I'd love to hear on the podcast, it'd be George Bailey and Chris Rogers from Cricket and then a few footy legends like Adam Goods, Nick Rewalt or Steve Silvani. A couple of calls for Adam Goods there. I'm going to sidetrack you for a moment here. Do you know who Matt Hall is, Dars? No, I don't. Matt Hall is a Red Bull air race Oh, I do know Matt Hall. We have another podcast, Rusty's Garage. He was on there. There you go. So I'm going to sidetrack you now, but thanks for all those suggestions. (laughs) The things you cover, we talk about don't know much about gaming. I got springboarded into the coverage of the Red Bull Air Race in Perth 10 years ago, right? Oh, yeah, Uh, And Matt Hall was competing in it. I got to go on one of the planes, which was mind-blowing. Best thing I've ever done. But anyway, so 
it gets right. To, and Perth was the last event, right? And there was these two blokes going head to head for the title. And one of them was an English guy called Paul Bonham. Stick with me here, people. There, there is a point to this story. Anyway, this shows you how much you rely on your producer when you're out doing live sport. So he crosses the line or whatever you want to call it. And my producers have come in and said to me, mate, he's just clinched the world title. This bloke's been trying for 15 years to win the world title. He's done it. I'm like, you're beauty, Paul, fantastic, mate. You're the world champion. And he goes into this big emotional spiel about he's been trying 15 years for this. It's brilliant. He can't believe it's a life changer. And at this point, oh, no. <laughs> oh mate, I'm going to name him. Mick Heaton, yeah. producer, has said to me, hey, Guru, we've got the calculations wrong. He's not the world champion. Does this exist on YouTube? I don't know. I don't know if it does. <laughs> and at this stage, no matter how many people you have supporting you, it is you, the person in front of the camera, that has to deliver the news. So I'm just about to say to him, we've had a recalculation, and, and this is serious now. He starts talking about his mum has uh, recently passed away oh, and he's dedicating no. this to his mum. So this is going full on, to which point it's a live broadcast. I have to tell him because people are thinking he's the world champion. You know, off the top of your head, oh, slight recalculation. I think I will stay out. I said something along the lines of, we'll get back to you because we're not exactly sure about the fact that you've been crowned now, but it's probably going to happen. He doesn't be made world champion. And then old Hito, Mick Heaton, has the nuts to say to me, mate, you've interviewed the winner. Well done. You're now to need to go back to Paul and ask him about the disappointment of, what? of the fact he's come second for about the fifth time. <laughs> so a little bit of insight into what can happen when you're in front of a live camera. If Paul's Jeez. listening, mate, I hope you've, I haven't followed it since. I hope you become a world champion because that's a real flat day for me. <laughs> Thanks, Hito, for that one. <laughs> hey, how is Sally and Victoria here? I love the show. I know you keep saying that we don't want to hear about you, but I think we would. I'd love to hear an episode where maybe Darcy asks you the question. Thanks. Keep it up. It's awesome. It's a beautiful question, but yeah, right no, you could, it's, the Darcy games. Yeah, the Darcy for one games. night only. Yeah, for one question only. I appreciate that. It's very kind, but I can assure you, I would make you fall asleep in your car listening to that podcast in no time at all. So I think we'll stick to the real superstars. There is the uh, Willosophy one. Yes, yes. Yeah. I if, did pe- a- if people want to check out Howie getting interviewed, yes. Will Anderson, uh, your childhood mate. Yeah. You guys spoke for about two hours. We did. I reckon you guys will get 10 minutes in. You guys, geez, you're a bit slow. Lucky you just ask the questions rather than answer them. But thank you anyway. It's very kind. Thanks, Sal. Hey, Howie. Love the Thursdays at work. Listening to you makes the day a breeze. Um, I was just wondering, I noticed you said in the first hotline that Zoom has made the guest list much better, but the interviews not as good. I was just wondering if you, what your plan is going forward if you would keep these style interviews up to have the better guests or if you prefer having the more personable interviews? Spot on question. I've been thinking about this a lot because, as you know, Dars, I was pretty resistant early on. You and I were trying to develop the best way to do this and I was ringing you saying, mate, I'm just not getting the best out of these people until Sally Fitzgibbons where I think because she was so good in a way she guided me through through her interview the best way to do it. I think I'm going to stick to the Zoom. If we can do it in person, I'll give you a perfect example. So it's Friday afternoon as Darcy and I are recording this. This will come out early next week, so in a few days. And in that period of time, so tomorrow at 10 a.m., we are sitting down with Tony Hawk, skateboard 
guru. Are you for real? I am for real, and I'm no pumped way. about that. And we, I think that might even be the next episode after Wazim Akram. I don't think we we didn't announce it in no, Wazim no, no, because no, we did. I was working on it, so you didn't actually know it was oh, happening. No, so, that's huge. So massive. So Birdman. In answer, the Birdman. Exactly. In answer to your question, there's no way I can get Tony Hawk to sit in this studio here in South Melbourne. So. I think I'll take the slightly re- – hopefully I'm getting better at it via Zoom. I'll take the slightly reduced output and get the bird man on the show as opposed to going back to only doing one-on-ones, which was the first 90 episodes of the pod. So, yeah. That's enormous. Yeah, it's huge, mate. I'm absolutely pumped about it. Did the 900, brother. <laughs> Took 10 years to nail the 900 and then bang. So wow. we'll get the hawk man on tomorrow. So he'll be out in the next couple of weeks. So keep an eye out for it. Definitely. Hey, Howie. My name is Hugo. I'm 19. I'm from Melbourne. Um, just want to say I'm a huge fan of the podcast and yourself. Love your work on the cricket over the summer, especially all the behind the scenes stuff you did with the production side of things. I've got two questions for you. Firstly, what do you think have been the biggest changes in the sports broadcasting industry in the last 10 to 15 years? And two, what advice would you give to young people trying to enter the sports media industry? Thanks, mate. Keep up the good work. Good on you, Hugo. Uh, Gee, that's a multifaceted question that we could speak for half an hour about. I'll abbreviate it for you, Hugo. The biggest change in the last 15 years has been the use of technology. So Hugo's talking about cricket. For sure. I was watching the IPL the other night and they had two hosts on the ground and they had Brian Lara, I presume in the Caribbean, and he was via some form of hologram a la Princess Leia out of R2-D2 and he was stuck next to the two hosts on the ground and he was talking to them, having a conversation from the other side of the planet. So I think what you can do with technology, for example, the influence technology has had on the broadcast in a cricket sense is the obvious stuff, but the stuff you don't see. So if Aaron Finch comes out to bat in cricket parlance, there's a general theory that if you can swing the ball into him, you can trap him in front leg before wicket. There's a general theory about that. Now, the statistical analysis you get with the guys from Crick Info or Crick Viz who often sit beside you and beside the statistician, that will show you facing a right-handed bowler in the medium to fast category with a ball that swings more than three degrees, starting outside off stump. I'm not joking now, starting outside off stump, veering in towards the middle stump, Aaron Finch gets out X percent time compared to the average test cricketer who gets out X minus percent time That technology, if you can harness it and not let it bog down the coverage too much in a statistical sense, has completely and utterly changed the game. Completely and utterly changed the game. That is bog, yeah. It is, and you can get, get, I don't like to deal too much with stats, but the technology, just like the spider cam people see on Fox, where I can be in the, uh, I can be at deep mid-wicket talking to Mitchell Stark, and I can send the camera to fine leg and then to third man on this wire setup to speak to Nathan Lyon and then Steve Smith and then bring the camera back to me, you know, stuff like that changes the game completely. Uh, The second part was, oh, advice as far as getting into the caper. Or Hugo, this is, you know, this is a a two-hour discussion. All I'll say is when I was growing up back in the dark ages, in the olden days, as the big penguin calls it, when everything was in black and white years and years ago, if you wanted to become a sports commentator, you had to get on TV or radio, Das. You don't need to do that now. You can have if if you're if you know if you're 15 now and you want to become a sports broadcaster, start your own podcast. Get a YouTube channel where you're commentating your desired sport, cricket or footy or tennis or Red Bull Air Race, and film yourself commentating it and put it up there. If you want to be a written journalist, write a blog. So what I'm saying is, 
the younger generation now have an audience there waiting for them. So if you then get to age 20 and you get in front of a TV executive and they say, oh, why should I give you a job? Or you should give me a job because I've got this a blog. I've got 15 episodes of my podcast you listen to. And here's my commentary on the last three years of test cricket. So if you're fair income about it, it's, it's a lay down misere that the opportunity is there for you to peruse and show uh, the opportunity is there for you to put your talent on show to an audience and learn before you get in front of a camera on a major deal and you're already experienced when you get there. So Hugo, the opportunities are endless now to learn your craft before you get the opportunity to actually go and do it and get paid for it. Have a crack at it, Hugo, and get yourself out there, brother. G'day, Howie. Uh, f- firstly, congratulations on the podcast. I think it's, it's been magnificent. It's actually I'm pretty late coming to the podcast and um, just been totally taken in with yours. It's been uh, really interesting. Some interesting how you have thoughts on some people, and then you listen to the podcast and you actually come out with a different different point of view, which I think is a is a really good thing. Um, question is, I mean, um, you've got a list of fantastic sports people. Um, just wondering if there's any what incentive um, for them to get onto the show. Love the work from the people in the Bing Penguin. Keep up the good work and let's keep those podcasts coming. Thanks, mate. Bye. Tell you, Darcy, if you're ever having a bit of a flat day, just come and listen to a few of these messages. It's a nice pump-up. I think we mentioned it in How We Got Line 1, that it's a nice variation of what you often get in media. So by incentive, do you think he's questioning as to whether people get paid? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, great question. Early doors, I was thinking about this. How do you go about it? And... I think we had Mark Webber on and it's like, what can I offer a bloke that was getting an $8 million contract from Red Bull? It's not like financially you can offer them anything. And I had this discussion with him as well about, um, he's a great man, Mark. I spent a lot of time standing in the pit lane with him at the Grand Prix and he's a very astute businessman. And why would you not pick his brain when you're chatting with him? And he explained to me in the commercial world that everything is not about dollars and cents. It's about publicity and promotion for people in high-profile position. So in answer to your question, no, I've never paid anyone to come on the show in a direct uh, cash transaction. But we use the reach of the show now, which obviously has a pretty nice reach, to be able to use that to promote causes or something that the athlete is pushing or plugging, whether it's a book or a fitness app. You know, Chris Lynn's got his playbook coach or Ange Postacoglu is releasing a book or Michael Clark's releasing a book. I think we can now use the spread and reach of the podcast to market mm. opportunities for the athlete. Also, I think Scud's a perfect example. People don't know too much about him and it's a great way for him to show the real person he is. And that can be of value to some yeah. and not as much value to others. I was going to say, maybe people... Maybe people want to come on and it's different to a radio interview, for instance, where you get, I don't know, three, five yeah. minutes to tell your story. Here you get an hour and a half and you can, you know, if you feel like you need to explain yourself to the audience in some degree or show your true colours, you have the opportunity to do that on a on a podcast. Yeah, and working on radio shows, I find it a lot easier to get guests on the podcast for an hour and a half than often on the radio for five minutes. So it's a really good point. So yeah, no cash payments. Geez, well, we'd be losing some serious money if we had to start handing out cash, but hopefully we can provide some quid pro quo for the athletes that come on. Hey, Harry, Ben here, huge fan of the show. I actually recommended the podcast to my dad who's been going on walks during COVID to get out of the house. And you, Benny. He'd never listened to a podcast before, and I said, give the Harry Games a go, you'll love it. 
He eased into it and listened to a few at the start, but he's just gone out and bought himself a brand new pair of AirPod Pros, $400, just to listen to the podcast. He loves it. (laughs) How do you go planning an episode knowing your audience is so broad? Do you choose some guests that will suit some people and some that will suit others, or do you just choose the best guest possible? Thanks, Howie. See ya. Hello to Ben and to his father, who's getting the Howie games nice and crisped out on the new (laughs) (laughs) AirPods. That is possibly the best question we've had only because I was talking about this with someone in the last 24 hours. When it started out, rightly or wrongly, I was free to have whoever I wanted on the show because no one knew about it. Mm-hmm. And after the first week when we had our 45 downloads, we were like, whoa, we're <laughs> yeah. absolutely flying here. Yep. As we got a few high-profile guests, you start to think in your own mind, are you setting a certain standard that the audience now expects? And can you now go and get people that are of, for want of a better term, lower profile? And I bring this up because when people say, what episode should I listen to? It's unrepresentative of the show, but Jack Jones, who passed away at the start of the year, played in a lot of grand finals for Essendon, premiership player, served in Papua New Guinea. I often think to myself, in the world in which we live now and the world in which we've created with the Howie Games, would I consider getting Jack on the show because I'm concerned that he is not enough of interest to us mm. to the majority of the listeners. Now, when we had 40 listeners, it didn't matter. When we've got the amount of listeners we have now, it's like a TV show. Do you start veering off what made Seinfeld successful and disappoint the Seinfeld fans? Not that we're Seinfeld. So between episode 70 and 100, to answer your question, I've been a bit long-winded, I probably was looking at more high profile, but now I'm hoping that the audience is rusted on enough that I can put a name there that they will not immediately recognize and will listen anyway, and that the story of the person will be good enough to keep them entertained and informed and illuminated. Well is said. the answer to that question. Yeah. Howie, it's Aaron here. Love the show. Long-time listener, second-time uh, contributor. Oh, second time! Oh. Just wondering, is there any chance we can get an interview with a different behind-the-scenes type of person? We've had commentators in the past, uh, but for example, what about the likes of, uh, say, the team that made the new Alpha Fly shoes Ooh. or perhaps the team that makes the time trial bike that goes in wind tunnel testing, say, Cervelo or any of the other bike uh, companies out there, or even the team that designs cricket bats and works with some of the professional cricket players to decide how fat a bat can be before it becomes less effective. Just wondering if we could get someone from uh, one of those areas on that would be really fascinating. As a, we, we need some type of prize. Can we get as a Howie Game sticker or something for being a second time contributor? We don't have any You're prizes. You're in charge of those. Okay, well, <laughs> maybe I can give you one of the kids. I wouldn't miss one of those for a month. Um, so that follows on, Das, clearly from that last question. Say we get a fella on to talk about bikes. Mm. Is that tro- too dry for some of the audience or will they enjoy the story anyway? I don't know the answer to that question. I, the one thought I've had in that area when the last dance documentary came out, which was brilliant, I presume you've seen it, um, the guy that directed it, I don't know how to pronounce his surname. It's spelled H-E-H-I-R, I think. Jason Hare, Jason Hare. I thought, wow, this bloke would have a fascinating insight into why did you shoot it like this? Why didn't you speak to Luke Longley? Um, how many interviews did you do with Jordan? How much footage did you have to go through to? From someone in TV yeah. production, I found it fascinating. And I thought, I'm going to roll the dice here and try and get this cat on and see how the audience finds it. Sent him a couple of messages. I haven't been able to get him on. Right. So... 
I'm definitely open to that as a, mm. I think the design of a cricket bat or a bike might be a little bit too obtuse for the majority of the audience, but where you're coming from is something I certainly appreciate. We, there's actually a few emails and um, messages from people like this saying, can you get, you know, as we were saying, can you get this person on? Yeah. Someone from a, a, a more niche category. I think, Howie, people just like the way that you interview people and they would just like you to create a podcast about what interests them, whatever niche subject that may be. I think they just appreciate the way you ask questions. Well, that's kind of you. I think it, but as I said right in the start, I think it's the same process. It doesn't matter whether you're interviewing a bloke that builds a bike or Carl Lewis. I think the process is the same. And hopefully if you just shut up and listen to what they say, then you'll get a decent conversation there. Um, I don't think I'm going to do the bikes just yet as a, but along those lines, yeah, there's a few people that I've thought of, a couple of commentators as well, but we might save that for another day. Thanks, Azza. Hi, Howie. I'm Cadence, and I'm a big fan of your show. I listen to it every night. I've got a question I've been dying to ask you. How do you get all of these amazing players onto your show? Oh, Cadence. Hello. Thank you. Love your voice. Love that you're listening every night. Perseverance, Cadence. Some of them are really, really easy. Some of them I know. Some of them I send one message and they come on. Others, I think we've used Adam Scott as an example. It was a a multi-year operation. I think it gets easier though, Cadence, now that people that are potentially coming on the show can look at the other guests that have been on the show. So Adam Scott can look that Shane Warne's been on and Ian Baker Finch and Greg Norman and he thinks, oh, this bloke's not a complete turkey cadence, so I'll come on and have a chat with him. So it's getting easier until eventually we run out of guests. But thank you, thank you so much for your question. I'm really pumped you're listening. Do people start to know you or have people started to know you uh, as the podcast has got more popular as Howie from the Howie Games as opposed to Howie the cricket commentator? Yeah, it's, I, the podcast has way more cut through. I don't think anyone cares about how badly I commentate. I think they're all um, people are more interested in the podcast, which is I, I can recall the first time a guy came up to me in the Qantas club early doors and said, oh, I listened to your podcast. I enjoyed it. I, I reckon I bought him 15 beers. I was that excited by the fact that dude had listened, like they're free beers in the Qantas club, it must be. But Das, I was that pumped that someone had actually listened to the technology work. So anyone that ever comes up and says, we well, enjoy the show, um, yeah, it makes my day. It really does make my day. Thanks, Cadence. Now, we haven't got to all the questions. Nah, there's a plethora left, but I reckon we should wrap it up. Then. Okay, we'll wrap it up now. But if we, if you sent us a message and we haven't got it on, we are endeavouring to get every single message into the hotline. So Howie Hotline 4 will involve those questions and whatever else we send through. But please, we will run out of questions. So continue to send them through. Send them through on the Howie Hotline number, which is on the uh, show notes and the heading of this episode. Appreciate all your efforts. Good on you, Das. Uh, thanks to everyone for being involved. Have a wonderful, safe week wherever you are. Love getting all your messages. It really gives me a bit of a pump up during the day. Until next time, keep an eye out for Tony Hawk as well. Can't wait for that. Peace and love. Later. To replay, press 7. Message deleted. You have no more messages. Listener.